0: Welcome to Sunburnt Country Music, interviews with Australian country music artists. My name is Sophie and I have been interviewing Australian country music artists for over a decade and I still love it. I love their stories, I love their insights and I love their music. So I hope you enjoy hearing from them on this podcast. Andy Penko released his second album, Love, Lies and Dirty Dishes, great title, last year and has already released some brand new music this year. The single's Driving You Home and Aussie Rain has been very busy and I'm going to ask him about it. Hi, Andy.
1: <laughs> what an introduction. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> I just thought,
0: like, well, you've already got new music out. I'm going to talk about it. So um, yeah, I'm going to start nice with Aussie Rain, actually. Thanks so um,
1: much for having me. <laughs> it's
0: a, it's a, a pleasure to talk to you. It's a great song, Aussie Rain, really evocative. It's a tribute to the country towns you've played in. Were yeah. you doing some of that travel before the pandemic?
1: Yeah, I I definitely was. I was starting, I quit my job in 2017 to go full time as a musician. And I was starting to get some momentum. You know, the balls were rolling, which was great. And then it all stopped, (laughs) as we all know. So it's nice to be back out and doing it and getting it all moving again.
0: Yeah. So before, um, so when, you know, pre pandemic, how Mm. far and wide did you roam as a musician? So
1: I think for me, because I was, you know, still quite green, and I guess I am still quite green to some degree, but I think. Um, mostly New South Wales. I was just up and down the, you know, the East Coast of New South Wales. And um, I think for me, um, the past year I've been lucky enough to get right around Australia, which has been great. I've still got a few more little places to go to um, leading up to the end of the year. Um, But we've also gone overseas this year, which has been insane. So whereabouts? So we spent um, some time in Nashville, did some shows in Nashville, which was really cool, and recorded a new album over there. Uh-huh. And went over to Toronto and did some stuff over there too in Canada and um, Montreal. So we kind of got around a little bit, which was fun.
0: Yeah. So once the world started opening up again, where did you play first? Like, what did you have an intention of thinking there are there are definitely some places I want to go to as soon as I can?
1: Yeah. Well, the funny thing is the song, uh, the song Aussie Rain is written about a small town called Coonabarabran. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the first places I went after the pandemic. Um, I'd already had a connection with the town before that because I'd been there multiple times, but that's where the song the song really kind of got its wheels, I guess you could say. um and I just fell in love with the place, so that's that's the place and look where it, where it got me I, I gave him a song to say thank well, you.
0: well, give us the the spiel <laughs> about Cur and what is so great about it?
1: It's funny, you know, I think for me, you know anyone that comes from a small town, I grew up in a small very small town on the south coast of new South Wales um. Scott Sussex There was a thousand people there when I was a kid so um, I've got a connection with small towns anyway Mm -hmm. but for me um, Kunubara brand is like a big warm hug every time you go there you walk down the street and everyone's like g'day how you going Andy they all know you they come to the shows they support you they buy the merch it's just such a special little place and I felt like I wanted to give them something like to say thank you for being so welcoming to me so I thought why not What what, you know, give them a song that's the best thing I could probably give them. So, I wrote this little song for them, um, about my journey, um, you know, with the town and surrounding towns and being a musician and all that kind of thing. And, um, yeah, it's been a really great ride. You know, we we dragged Duncan Tombs down there for a couple of days, who I absolutely love. And we did a music video down there, and we got the whole town that we had, like, you know, the baker, the butcher, the candlestick maker, the whole lot of we had the whole town involved. It was so fun. So, yeah.
0: So have you had some feedback from people in the town about not just the song, but the video?
1: Yeah, we have, you know, I launched the song down there a couple of weeks ago and we had uh, a lot of people come out to the the launch, which was fun. And um, the video was shot all around town. So people were like, Oh, that's my house. And that's where, you know, that's the town clock and that's all these kind of things. So it's a really nostalgic thing for the town. I think that they felt really grateful, you know, I had a lot of support from the media down there too. So we were, in all the media and all the press. And um, they're all loving the song, the music video. So I'm heading back down there on the 24th of November to um, support um, Chocolate Starfish. There's a big festival down there called the Bumble Rumble. So if you haven't got your tickets, get them. It's going to be a lot of fun. And um, I'm I'm playing the song there. So hopefully the whole town knows the lyrics by then because I want everyone to sing it with me.
0: (laughs) The Bumble Rumble. It's yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's a great little festival. It's a really inclusive festival. They have lots of um, Aboriginal and Indigenous um, elements to it, you know, tri- tribal dancing and all that kind of stuff, as well as some amazing musicians, local musicians, um, Indigenous musicians, as well as Chocolate Starfish who are going to rock it out at the end and we're all going to have a good time come on.
0: So when you set out to play these country towns, do you plan far ahead or or is there an element of just putting your guitar in the car and seeing where you end up?
1: Oh, <laughs> I wish it was that easy now. I think at the beginning it was a bit like that, you know, because I, I feel like um, it was more of the experience. Um, but now that you're in the thick of building a, a, a business and that kind of stuff, you have to be kind of strategic about you know, how much is it going to cost to get there? And all this stuff comes into play. But um, I, I, st- I still kind of often drive through little towns and I'm like, remember the name of that place because I want to come back and, and do something there, you know, because there's, there's always that place that, you know, you don't have to live in a town to be connected to it, I feel. Um, you know, I don't even know. It might be a past life thing. Who knows? I, I might have lived there in past life, but I feel quite connected to
0: it. Are there any other parts of Australia you feel that way about?
1: Definitely my hometown, Sussex Inlet. I think, you know, it's one of those places where every time I go home, you just feel this overwhelming zen, you know, because I'm so busy all the time. So I get home and my mum cooks and, um, you know, every every time I play a show there, I was down there two weekends ago and I've done two sold out shows there this year, which has been insane. And um, I got to play in a little cinema there that I grew up in watching movies. And it's a little, it's it's an absolute iconic little cinema. And it's like, you know, all the seats are flat on the ground. It's not like, it's really old and really cool. And we sold it out and I had some really funny stories to tell about it. And, and I had, you know, it was really cool just reminiscing and going back to my childhood.
0: Yeah. So um, as I mentioned at the top, you've been busy releasing brand new music and the album is barely old, basically, because <laughs> it came out last year. So it was it a case of really know. like, <laughs> like you um you know, you, you had released some singles ahead of the album and then you were like, you know, I'm I'm ready to to release brand new music, or was it just that you had a lot of songs and you couldn't fit them all on that album?
1: This is that part of it. Yeah, 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 I had a lot so. of songs available that I'd written, um, and that I feel like they were so special and I didn't want to leave them behind. So yeah, right. I kind of kept on kept on, you know, kept with them. But the, I also wanted to do something a little bit different. Um, you know, and the opportunity came up to go over and work um, overseas for a couple of weeks. So I was over there for seven weeks and to write and record and learn new things and wor- work with some amazing songwriters over there and producers, um, which was really exciting. And I think that was something that I really needed to kind of, you know, take me to the next step of my career and where I'm heading. Um, mm. So I thought, well, why why not? Let's do an album, you know, let's, try, let's get another album out there. So that's where it, that's how it came out. So um, I think we've pushed it back a little bit. We've got a few singles coming off the album, um, but we actually decided to do um, we kind of split it in half. So half of it was recorded here, and the mm. half of it was recorded over there. So it's just a mixed bag of things, which has been fun. I've had a lot of fun doing it.
0: So I mean, yeah, going overseas to record, you don't know what's going to happen. It's not something you've done before. Do you find that as an artist, you like to push yourself to try things that you haven't done before?
1: Yeah, I think so. I think for me, it's um, the artistic side of the industry is so deeply embedded inside of me. You know, I feel like I constantly learn from other artists. There's so much inspiration out there. In Australia itself, there's so much. You know, I've been lucky enough to have spent time with some amazing songwriters and producers that, you know, I pinch myself sometimes going, I actually got to work with someone that I used to, you know, look up to as a kid. That's that's crazy. But um, I definitely find inspiration in everything and I take a little bit from here and a little bit from there and keep growing and keep trying to develop the career sound.
0: Mm-hmm. So and sound. So when you uh, went to Nashville to work, uh, what did you find that was different about the way they do things
1: there? <laughs> well, I don't know if you've been to Nashville or anyone watching. No. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like a whole different world. <laughs> it's crazy, you know. I think, um, you know, for me, I've learnt the respect of the art form you know, over there, um, I, and, and even here too. But I guess when, you, when you're when going to Nashville, because there's, it's such a bigger place, you know, America's a huge place. Um, there's so many great musicians and everybody is like on the ball. Like they're so good. You walk into any pub and there may be two people in the pub, and there's a band playing that is the best band you've ever heard in your life that can play any song that you ask them to. So I guess that's one thing that I thought, wow, this has kind of put me back a bit going, wow, I need to you know, think about what I need to do with the craft and things. Um, as well as the writing style is so different. You know, everything that happens in Nashville or in America usually seeps down to Australia at some stage. Um, but they're always like, you know, two or three steps ahead of a lot of people. So it was cool to hang out with some producers to see what was happening and, the different sounds that were coming through.
0: So the songs that you were writing over there, did you record them all or did you actually come back with even more new songs, which you're going to have to <laughs> for a while?
1: That's a great question. It's funny because I actually did. We wrote one over there which we was just came out of nowhere. So that one we ended up putting in the album. Um, but I feel like the the songs that we wrote over there, some of them we, we wrote by Zoom, um, you know, about three or four months before I left because I wanted to get a, some groundwork happening before we went. And then we got over there, and we kind of tweaked everything, and and just really, you know, I wanted it to be a really great project, so I had a lot of ears on it. So there's a lot of people involved in the production side and, and the writing side, which I, you know, I usually do have that, but I think, you know, for me, the more the merrier, you know, because I, there's only so many things that I can do as an artist, you know, if you can pull so much from from other people, it makes makes it a better record record at the end of the day.
0: So, I mean, it seems like, yes, you're taking all these great opportunities. Um, you're you writing a lot of music and creating, releasing a lot of music. Um, what motivates you as an artist?
1: Yeah, it's, you know, it's funny. Like, I feel it's a really interesting question, especially the industry is It's so big. You know, you can get lost in the music industry pretty pretty easily. And I feel like, I, for me, I always think of that little kid sitting in his bedroom, listening to music, singing and trying to play guitar and, that's where it takes me back. So I go, this is why I do music because I love it so much. And it's a part of who I am. Um, it's a part of like my DNA. I can't get rid of it. You know, it just follows me around wherever I go, but it's, it's one of those things. It's like my happy place. It's a sad place for me. It's all those things um, rolled into one. So um, yeah, I'm grateful. I'm so grateful for music. I'm so grateful. It's one of those things that's kind of saved my life in, in many ways, you know, for sure. Mm-hmm.
0: Is there one part of it that you love more than the others, like live performance or songwriting or recording?
1: Yeah, I love live performance. I love, um, you know, the ability to be able to have a crowd just be extremely silent and then, you know, perform a song and then have them come up to you afterwards and just, you know, the emotions that you can get out of people and the connections that you get out of people. You can't get that through, you know, a live recording you know, you can do it with with a vocal or something like that, but I think it's different when it's live. When it's live, you know, I think um, having them in front of you is so important. And I live for that. I live for the live performances. Doesn't matter how many people. You know, if there's one person in the room. There's a thousand people in the room. It doesn't bother me. I just want to put on a good show.
0: Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, and, you know, after the pandemic. 'Cause obviously people fell out of my my impression is people got out of the habit of going to live music and has been a bit yeah. slower for things to come back. But are you finding I know you played a show um, just before we we speaking, which is early October. Sorry, early September. What month am I in? You just played a show with T.C. Cassidy um, in Sydney. Yes. Are you finding that that audiences are coming back?
1: Yeah, it's been great. Um, you know, uh, my good friend TC, I love her. She's just insane. Um, she's such a great musician. So we played a show, you know, like last week, this weekend, which was a lot of fun, and and, and we had, you know, a great crowd there. And I played a show today, um, oh yesterday, sorry, at uh, the Dubbo, which we had 1,500 people at. So I find it kind of, you know, it's hit and miss, I think. You know, I think people are still a little bit wary about going out Um, some people and some people are still kind of worried about the economy and and where all that's heading and it definitely affects musicians. Um, It's a challenging time for a lot of musicians for sure Um, it's always challenging for the arts industry um, you know because I think it's funny because people kind of look at the arts industry as a secondhand thing you know to some degree but at the end of the day when when the pandemic was on everyone was sitting at home watching television which is arts and listening to music so it was kind of a weird thing wasn't it?
0: Yeah, it's, yeah, it is frustrating, I guess, when it must be very frustrating, actually, for musicians to see a lot of attention given to sports, for example, when actually, I think the last time they ran the numbers on who went to cultural institutions or performances versus sports, cultural things one, like there were more people going to that, but it, it's just much more visible, well, sports much more visible than arts in, in a lot of ways. So yeah, it's a comment more than a question
1: for sure for sure and i think there's a little bit happening in the space at the moment like i know there's some some grants and stuff coming through for the arts which is great to see you know and i think it's important you know it's it's not just about like you know getting people like to shows and stuff it's about mental health too because i think people that connect with music no matter where they are in their life you know there's a i have people come up to me and say you know your song changed my life you know like that that is just in that's why i do it you know I, I, that really hits home for me when, when someone comes up and says that to you or they can relate to what you're trying to say
0: and I always think for every one person who says something like that there will be quite a few more that you're never going to hear from do you sure, have yeah. that that sense when you are you conscious of that as a creator that that you're connecting with people who whom you may, ne- may never hear from you may never meet but your music's going to change something for them
1: yeah, I think that's always in the back of my head, and I try and you know I know it, music's a personal thing for the artist because usually you're writing about your own experiences. But I also feel like I try and you know write something that anyone can connect to, even if it's a town called Kunabara Brand, they can take that town and put it into their own town. You know yeah. what I mean? Like the experiences can still be the same. um So that's definitely something that's that's front of mind when I'm writing for sure. Yeah.
0: So I did mention you played with TC Cassidy, and there, there's been more than one show. I think you may have some more coming up. I'm curious as to how you two actually connected.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, TC and I, I, I actually, I've known TC's music for a long time, being a country music artist. So I've always listened to her album, which was, you know, when she'd done, she done when she was 17. So I've always been a fan. And then I got to meet her in Tamworth a couple of years ago when she started to to get back into it. And um, I just became a fan of TC's, really. And then I said, I actually approached her and I said, would you love to do some shows with me? And she was like, yes, let's do it. Let's put some shows together. So I feel I was so grateful that she said yes, because every time I see her, I'm still a fan of her music. So yeah. I love, you know, when you're doing a show with someone, I want to get out there and watch them as well. So I'm so grateful that she said yes. And we've got two more, com- well, I think we've got two more coming up this year. And um, every show we've done is nearly being sold out. So it's it's crazy, and and the dynamic's so different because what she does, you know, she's a country girl. She's like '90s country through and through. She's got you know, she's influenced by that kind of music, which I love. You know, I'm a little bit more contemporary. Um, you know, I love storytelling. I love that kind of stuff. You know, and that's really, really. I'm grateful that I'm able to do that. But I still have a contemporary vibe. So it's cool to have the two different styles.
0: So that's a good lesson. And if you don't ask, you don't get because you just ask. <laughs>
1: This is true. This is true, and you know, I think TC's the loveliest person on earth. I, like, she's so cool. She's such a nice lady. So, I'm so grateful that she said yes. And we've so got one in Tamworth, so you have to come.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. Um, um, there you go. Well, I'll, if the dates listed somewhere, and I'll put it with the show notes. Um, so you obviously had an instinct as well. So it was, it was not just oh, I like your music. You, there must have been something that made you think hmm, that that'd be an interesting thing to do.
1: I think, you know, because my my inspiration is a lot of 90s music but more 90s rock. But I also feel like, you know, my mum listened to a lot of 90s country music. So I felt a bit of a connection because, she, you know, we had a really great conversation when we first met about music and, and 90s country. And um, that was something that we really connected with, I think. So, yeah.
0: And I think it's another example of how the Tavernworth Country Music Festival does bring artists together in all sorts of ways. It might be that you end up writing a song together or that you put on shows together.
1: This is true, yeah, for sure, you know, and I feel like um, the cool thing about the country music industry is the support of uh, other artists, mm-hmm. you know, it's such a, it's a, fa- a big family, you know, like, I feel like everyone's so supportive, no matter what kind of style you do, you know, this country's so broad, as we know, there's so many different styles that fit in the, in, in the umbrella, so um, it's, a, you get to Tamworth and it's like a big family reunion, as you as you all know.
0: Um, and I think you have some other shows coming up with some other artists. I was looking on your website. looks like you, you actually, it's a bit of a specialty that you, you putting on some shows with others.
1: Yeah. I think it's, um, breaks up the, breaks up the show you know like i feel you know i do a lot of shows where it's solo shows and, and um they're hard work it's hard work doing a th- three or four hour show so it's nice to kind of be a bit lazy and and half you know cut the show in half but i also i'm a i'm a music lover myself i love music i love other artists so i love watching people perform so for me i get the excitement out of you know performing with other people so we've got a couple coming up we've got um a couple with alan fletcher from our neighbors which is a lot of fun so we're gonna do a few with him and obviously TC, as well as some other stuff coming up. So watch this space. we can't tell you too much. We'll get in trouble from the management team. But we've got some cool things coming up for sure.
0: So as a music lover, are there any albums you have um, that you might have been listening to for years that you will always listen to? They're like semi-constant rotation.
1: Yeah, there's there's so many, so many. (laughs) I think, well, I like a lot of 90s rock as you could probably imagine. So Matchbox 20 was like my favourite band back in the day. So I listened to a lot of their stuff. Um, and then I also love Alan Jackson, like 90s country. So I listened to a lot of 90s, country, especially his stuff way back in the 90s, you know, um, as well as Garth Brooks, lots of Garth Brooks, Casey Chambers, um, the captain, uh, probably one of the most spun albums that I've got. It's, it's on rotation all the time. I feel like she was able to be so simple with her storytelling, but just so powerful, and that's such a gift. Um, she's definitely a gift to Australian country music because I love, love Casey. Um, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot, there's so many. Anything Neil Young, anything Americana, I, I love listening to. Slim Dusty, my grandma actually gave me a bunch of Slim Dusty vinyls not long ago. Um, wow. Slim Dusty Love at the Opera House, and, um, and I've been playing those. Um, Cat Stevens is another one who I'm a huge, huge fan of. So I listen to a lot of Cat Stevens, and um, I think I've got a really strong respect for different styles of music, you know, because growing up in a small town, all I did was listen to different music. Right. And my brother, my brother, my older brother had an interesting music collection which I used to kind of stick, go and steal CDs and, and listen to them in between what I was listening to.
0: I think that's what older brothers' music collections are for to steal from.
1: This is true. <laughs> this is true. I used to get in a lot of trouble if I lost the CD though, let me tell you. Yeah.
0: Um... <laughs> As you should.
1: I know, right? <laughs> oh, I don't yeah. know. But so as
0: you said, you recorded an album in Nashville, so that suggests that there are some singles to come. So have you have you planned your releases, or are you just gonna see how certain things go and 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 choose your timing accordingly?
1: Yeah, so I think um well I had a, such a successful last album, Love Lies and Dirty Dishes, which you know did this you know, it was in the house for five weeks and went to number three. And um, I got a Golden Guitar nomination because of it. Like, it was just a crazy time for me last year. Just everything blew up. So um, I thought, I just want to keep going. I just want to keep making music. So that's why we did this album. Um, and we were staggering the releases. So the f- So the first release is a little bit later in the year uh, of the album. I think it's October. I'm terrible with dates, but I'm pretty sure it's around that Well, I already time. said
0: it was October, so there you go. <laughs> oh, also,
1: yeah, got Um, So we've got that. And then, you know, I think people are going to be really interested in the style because it's so different, you know, because I've been doing a, a lot of storytelling stuff, which I think has come really natural over the last couple of years because I've been travelling and meeting a lot of, um, you know, country folk, a lot of farmers, you know, with with the song that I wrote, um, Ghostly Gums, with, you know, mm-hmm. David Carter and Angela Bristow and and Ash um, Cass Stewart it was a song that was about farmers and I've been meeting a lot of farmers at shows so I can really relate to it, to that song now um, and the Coonabarabra song, doing a lot of travelling. But the next stuff is a little bit more contemporary. It's a bit more, you know, get up and have a bit of a dance, which people won't expect maybe because I'm a bit of a slow songwriter as most people know.
0: <laughs> well, you're going to have to encourage people to get up and dance at gigs. I think, um, you know, we all need a bit of joy after the past few years.
1: Yeah that's it's actually good that's a good point you know i feel like you know everything that happens in your life we went through some pretty dark, dark times hmm. you know in the last couple of years so i feel like the joy is slowly starting to come back to it you know hmm. and it's nice to see so many australian artists releasing so many fun songs so many great songs that you can just tap along to and go yeah that's so good that could be on any natural radio station
0: Yeah, it is definitely time for upbeat songs. Aussie Rain is one of them. Andy Penko, we're going to be talking about Aussie Rain. It is your latest release. People can go and listen to it. Thank you very much for talking to me.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It was nice to see you again.
0: Great to see you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Sunburnt Country Music podcast. For more Australian country music interviews and reviews and other things, go to sunburntcountrymusic.com or to Sunburnt Country Music on Instagram, Facebook and TikTok.